0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the raw and uncensored, ambitious podcast. I'm your host, the original HBIC, Katie Boyd. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the HBIC, the original HBIC. Katie, motherfucking Boyd, and over here to my right is my Denzel Washington. (laughs) Roll the plane. Oh, roll the plane, Matthew (laughs) Martin. Baby, rolling
1: any planes. We're going to be
0: talking about Matt's near-death experience today. Yes. Don't get too horny over it. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk
1: about it now, finally, after all these years. Yeah. Lots
0: of therapy. Yeah. Lots
1: of therapy. and uh, Lots of
0: meditation. Yes. Lots of Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> lots be- of, in lots of vodka. In the beginning, absolutely. Oh, I can't wait to get dirt, down and dirty with this one. <laughs> but before we start the Ambitious Podcast, I want to announce our official sponsor, Prana, Hair, Skin, Lash, and Brows. We love Ayana. We love Becca. We love all the girls over at Prana. And if you mention the Ambitious Podcast, you will get 20% off your first visit. Mention them. Go on their website, www.pranahairskinlash.com. And then don't forget to go on over to www.kbmfc.com, my website, Katie Boy's Misfit Club. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's free. It's amazing. It's inspirational. And will also keep you up to date with everything going on, all the events coming down the pipeline. Awesome. We have some amazing masterminds coming up, some great retreats all over the world and business with soul summits, sound healings. All kinds of good stuff. Ambitious 28 will be coming out soon. That's going to be incredible. A 28 day full on reboot of every part of your life so that you can truly live life ambitiously. And last but not least, I'm just going to remind you stop being lazy mofos and get on over to (laughs) iTunes and give us a five star and written review. You have no idea how much this helps the ambitious movement, really. Absolutely. And if you do that, and I see your name, You are going to get a $100 gift certificate to use towards anything KBMFC and Ambitious related. Sounds good? Sounds really good. Matt and I were talking today about uh, his near-death experience. Yes. And uh, we had just come home from a retreat And we met some incredible, amazing people. it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. And we got to talking. We had a couple glasses of wine with some of the girls who attended our retreat. And I don't even know how we got on it, but Matt started talking about his near-death experience and how this near-death experience totally shifted him. It woke him up on so many levels. And it totally did change your life. Oh, big time. So this happened in what year? 1987. I was six. (laughs) I was not. I Six was. Years I old. was
1: uh, 22. You 21. were 22 yeah, years 22 old. Yeah, 22 years old, and um, yeah. So it was of th- death experience. It was. Uh, I'll never forget it. And it took me a long time to get over it, big time. In probably the last 10 years, i When really I first met remember.
0: you, it was funny because I'm not like a huge fan of flying. I just. It's not that I, I love to fly. I just don't like turbulence. Like I don't know why. It just gives me. I'm a control freak. I obviously you know I've already. <laughs> I've already. Why have I got like this? I'm a control freak, and I feel like when the plane is turbulent, I feel like I'm not in control. Right. right. And that, that, I don't know why. That just, like, freaks me out. Matt and I were just on a plane um, last week, and I was, like, grabbing his arm because there was turbulence. And he was just like, it's okay. It's just – he goes to this, it's just wind. It's, it's just wind. wind. It's just waves. It took me a long, a long time to and get that And I'm like, can stage? I have a double shot of a tequila, please?
1: <laughs> Give me a Xanax.
0: <laughs> and he's the one that's, like, got had this, like, crazy near-death experience on a plane, yeah. and he's the one that's calming me down. But when we first started dating, I will never forget it. We were going to Las Vegas, and he would have to drink like a whole entire <laughs> shaker bottle of vodka with like a splash of cranberry, and he would like that was po- for the whole flight. N- no, you would polish it off while we were in line in security. I try to get. Rid Please of don't me. lie. Well, Let's tell wanna, all the
1: people out there the I didn't truth. Bring on any kind of liquid. <laughs> I wanted to get rid of all the liquid I possibly could, so I just, you know, got rid of it.
0: Yeah. So he would have to drink <laughs> extensively to get on a plane, yeah. and we were um, on our way to Vegas, and I had like these really cute little jeans on with like holes in them, and I was like feeling all Vegasy and cute. And he ordered a, a diet coke on the plane, <laughs> and he just like turns and looks at me like in slow motion, and he tr- starts to pour the diet coke in the cup, yep. but it totally misses the cup by like three inches, and it went all over my lap, and he just was like. Whoa <laughs> Like he dumped mind, the whole friggin no, no, thing no, no. of soda In my crotch no, Let me tell you the
1: story All In right. my mind I poured a little bit of soda <laughs> And with my cat like reflexes Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Saved it, dried
0: you off, and put the coke. Well, a whole bottle of Grey Goose with a splash of vodka really doesn't give you cat-like reflexes. No
1: cat-like reflexes, but in my mind, that's what it was, and it really was probably like
0: what you were. And I remember showing up to, I think it was the Bellagio, and everyone that we were meeting out there was like, "What in the actual fuck happened to you?" Because like my whole crotch was wet and brown, and I was just like, "Don't fucking ask." Uh, I was on the show. I'm going upstairs. I I have to change and give myself a good Portuguese shower after that flight. You know. And it was funny, looking back now, you
1: know, it really doesn't help to drink alcohol, to fly or do anything else, right? If you're afraid of something, right? right. But, but I didn't know any better and I didn't know how to deal with PTSD, and, well, no uh, one talked
0: about PTSD in the '80s. That yeah. wasn't even like a real thing.
1: But um, through my, you know, work with you know meditation and and, and just learning about emotions and PTSD, right. and Focusing and really bringing myself into a new state, right? It's changing my state. Yes. Um. I conquered it. Right. Thank God. Yeah. So in
0: 1987, when I was six years old, <coughs> Matt was flying. <laughs> Matt was flying to Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Yeah,
1: so I was going. Uh, first, we we're going to land in Venezuela. Yes. And we were going out there for a karate tournament. We were representing the United States of America. We were going to fight in a world karate competition. and We were going to fly to Venezuela, and we were going to go fly from there to Trinidad-Tobago. And that was our destination. And you know, twenty-two years old. I've been a black belt now. I've been training really hard. I'm, you know, at the special condition, peak, peak condition, the top of my game. I was winning all sorts of national titles back home. This was one of the first times I traveled abroad to really compete and be, you know, on in that team, yeah, that, that, that platform. And so the whole team, we get in a plane in, in Boston, and it was a PNM jet,
0: huge jet. That shit doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> That's not long <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no more Pan Am. It's I mean, so Howard Hughes of you. You could smoke
1: cigarettes on the plane back. I think you could. <gasps> could you imagine? 1987, no, one hundred
0: and ten percent. One hundred and ten
1: percent. And it was smoking section, non-smoking section. And guess what, guys? Everyone got a meal. Everybody. You didn't have to be in first class. You didn't have to be in business class. Everyone got a really nice meal, and it was. was what the days. Were, and you would dress up and be excited about getting on a plane, and <sighs> I loved it. I was psyched.
0: It. I you still know? dress up on the plane, though. I'm trying to bring that 1940s <laughs> vibe back. I really do. Matt's like, are you really wearing? I'm like, and yes, because they fucking treat you different when you look a certain, I know this sounds like so three-dimensional, uh, uh. but they, they do, they treat you much differently. Yeah. And you know who said that? And then I took that from who? Oprah's man, Stedman. Really? Yeah. So because Oprah would be like, Stedman, why are you dressing up every time? You're like, you're Stedman. You don't have to do anything. He goes, because they treat you differently. Yeah. And then he didn't dress up one day and they went on a plane and he was like, told you so.
1: <laughs> this is probably before she has her jet, right? This yeah. Was the beginning this was stages. like their
0: first. Yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> now she has like, a, a, you know, a fleet fl- of jets.
1: Five planes ready to go anytime she wants to go. So you're flying over the
0: ocean. Yeah, so, we're, you're no, in the actually, middle of dinner service. So
1: we, we're up there. We're all psyched about the tournament. Yeah. We can't wait to get there. We're all pumped. You know, Matt and, was
0: pumped for a free meal. And
1: it was a free meal coming my way. And I never turned away a free meal because I love to eat. And I was like, this is airplane food. And it was a big deal to me because I think before then I only flew like to Disney World. Yeah. I mean, it they was gave not, you was, one bag of peanuts. I was not a world t- traveler. So this yes. was huge for me. I'm going out of the country and in, in the whole nine years. And we're, you know, we're in, um, in flight, 30-something thousand feet, you know, no seatbelt signs were on, nothing like that. And the food was coming my way. And I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful way. You know Stewardess is coming mm-hmm. up and we're all excited. We don't call
0: them stewardess anymore in 1962. <laughs> They're flight attendants.
1: Flight attendants. This beautiful flight attendant was coming my way. It reminded me a little bit of you a know, beautiful girl okay. coming up the street. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the lights go off in the plane. And I was like, That's odd. The next thing I know, I was on the ceiling of the plane. The next thing I know, I was holding on to the chair in front of me, and my feet were on top of the ceiling of the plane. Because what happened is the plane dropped after I find out we dropped 10,000 feet because of wind shear and went into a nosedive and we were going to crash basically in the middle of the
0: ocean. And what is happening when this is happening? So, so you're holding onto the seat. Yep. So I'm holding the Your hold feet on are up in the air. Everyone's ass over no, tea kettle. I dropped, dropped. I went up in the air, hit, the, hit my head, on the, uh,
1: head ceiling. on the ceiling, came down, smashed my mouth on the armrest, right? So I'm bleeding, dazed and confused. I'm trying to hang on. All you hear is screaming throughout the cabin, Pitch dark. You don't know if you're up or down. All you hear is the engine screaming, you know, all the way down. And you're on top of the seat in front of you holding down because the plane
0: is actually in that position. My asshole is puckering yeah. right now. And I've heard this story three million times. Yeah. It's like.
1: It was just. It was. Uh, melee. You know, melee. And, it, and I think that the everyone was just bumping around because everyone was just being thrown amongst the cabin because there's nothing to hold on to. Right.
0: Really. right? So and it, no one's seat belted in because you were literally flying perfectly 30 Perfect. something thousand feet in the middle of dinner service everyone's yeah. enjoying their cocktails getting their fucking wedding chicken
1: yeah nobody had you know it was not a bump in the sky i mean it was so smooth so that's why it was really took everybody off jarring gone, right so we just we dropped and i'm hanging on there and i'm like what the fuck i'm gonna die this is it and you hear the pilot we're gonna make we're gonna be crashing in the ocean you know so hold on get on whatever get in your position a so crash done. position <laughs> And it was just, it was absolutely crazy. So I'm like, holy fuck, I'm going to die today. This is how it's going to happen. I'm 22 years old, but my peak of my physical fitness, it was so important to me. This competition was so important to me. I was working so hard, and now I'm like, I'm I'm just going to die here in the middle of the ocean. And the thing that really, really stirred me, and I was so scared, but my brother had just passed away two months prior. And I was like, oh my God my mom's going to have to bury two sons. She's going to lose two sons in a matter of two months, Two months, which I was like, I'm ready to die now. And that's what I was fucking thinking about, which is kind of so crazy. Wild. And I've never been that scared in all my life. And I was really petrified. And I just said, you know something, I'm, this is it. I'm going to go. And, Right when I knew that that was going to happen, because you can't tell, it's pitch black. I don't know if I was this far from the water, oh thousands of feet from the water, or you know, ready to just impact. Yes, because time is skewed, right? Yes. So you're hanging on to the seat, and then finally, all of a sudden, when I really just said, This is it, I'm gonna die, I just felt this amazing peace come over my body. No more fear. It was just like, This is oh my god, I understand everything, I understand. Everything. This is a part of life. You live, you die. And it was like so clear and so present. And so spiritual. And so spiritual and so peace. I was at so total peace. And I was like, I never felt like that in my life. And I was total fear, surrender. Total fear was gone. Surrender was gone. Every, everything. It was not, I was, there was no more fear, and which I couldn't believe. And then all of a sudden, once I felt that feeling, the plane went flying up in the air again. It, the, he got control. Pulled the plane up. all I heard is and the thing just went up in the air. It's he madness. tried to bring it up as fast as he possibly could because I mean he's probably he's, he he probably, he probably saw knows exactly, exactly, where exactly guys obviously are. he did and, and he pulled the plane up. the lights went on, and he got control of the aircraft. He came at the pilot came out after a while after he got control, left the um uh, the copilot the yep. co- the pilot you mm-hmm. know in charge of the plane right. And he's just looking around the cabin. He's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "This is not good." There were some physicians on board, and they were triaging people, and people were all messed up. One of the beautiful stuttises, the flight attendants that I told you about—flight attendants—the <laughs> um, cart, you know, the cart that they pushed through the yeah, aisle
0: that weighs like three hundred pounds
1: went up to the air, went up in the air, landed on her, and she actually had a broken pelvis. Yeah,
0: crushed her. Crushed her question and there was so many i mean that was there. just one of many many people that were like
1: 300 people on the plane everyone pretty much had something wrong the little kids bounced around pretty good they were yeah. okay
0: well they're just like the children so,
1: it's almost better <laughs> some of the little guys on the cry team they were like because hey we had you know adults and juniors and there's of the juniors they were just like bounced around like they just were like let me off the plane let me off the plane i go no shit i want to get off the plane too everyone, everyone wants to, to get off the plane and they, he got control of the um aircraft and he's like looking around he goes we cannot land in Venezuela." there is no way that they can handle these medical emergencies i the plane is sound i got control of it again after the wind shear we're going back to miami because we have to and we
0: were close to the you needed well. a you needed a hospital that could actually handle yeah. that amount of people coming in coming jacked in, up
1: Maybe blood you you know there was there were people that needed surgery there were people that were really messed up big time and so you so, land in Miami. No, no, we get we they tell us what we're gonna do. Now, what do you I'm think at the, I'm literally at the edge of my seat. Now you're like this the whole flight for two more hours waiting. Did they to give get you back.
0: alcohol? No, no, everyone was sitting down. Oh my god, I would have been like, Gar, someone who's not <laughs> fucked up, me please me. bring me an entire bottle of so, Jack Daniels.
1: So, so, imagine that feeling of that two hours. Now, oh, did I, I didn't tell you. Remember that beautiful feeling of peace yes. when I was going to die. I want that to feel I fell. That. Yeah, the minute the plane went up in the air again, scared fucking shit again. Right back to right back to three dimensional reality. Right back to three Pe- dimensional reality. Petrified, holding on every bump, everything, and then all of a sudden, we did land in uh, Miami. You know, the emergency rescue, just like you see on TV. You know, the people sliding down. Uh, emergency personnel are coming on, they're, you know, they're p- fixing people's wounds. So they're bringing crazy. them out of the plane. Uh, so I ended up at the Palmetto Miami Hospital. <laughs> oh my god! In the middle of the night, <laughs> and getting you know, stitched, getting stitched up. up because I had, you know, I got about maybe seven or eight stitches. My teeth were busted, um, and this is before the karate tournament, right? So
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so we get to the, um, the so. Anyways, we get all stitched up and everything, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, we have to continue." to go to this tournament, I'm like... First of all. Yeah, uh, no. Suck suck my labia. But you know something? At 22 years old, I had ego. And I was like, you know something? Okay, if these guys want to go. I can't say no because you're, te- be co- you're the I'm team the, leader. I'm going to be the wimp, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm the captain. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be the wimp. I got to be masculine. I got to be masculine. Now, if it was today and it happened, I'd be, be like,
0: "Peace out! I'm, I'm getting on a Greyhound a, bus. I'm, I'm going
1: back. Home. I went to a spa. I may <laughs> spend a lot of money in a really nice hotel. Oh yeah. And thank God that I'm here and have anything I want. You know, I would have been a total yes, different environment. Totally. And but you're 22 years old. You don't know any better, You have big ego. You decide to get back on. And when I, so that night we stayed at a hotel. The next day, the pilot was at the same hotel. Yes. And we got to speak to him. Yes. And I I went up there and asked him, you know, how did you turn it around and what happened? What happened to the plane? And he goes, it was wind shear, but it felt like it was like something. He grabbed the plane. Took it, grabbed it, and threw it to the ground. And he said, as points in the engine where you know, um, wind has to go over the wings a certain way and has to go over the engines a certain way. If it doesn't, you're in almost like free fall. And you can't control if it's not going a certain speed. And he goes, at a certain time, I thought I wasn't going to be able to get it out. Come to find out, this guy was a Korean war hero. Thank God for He was probably him. like 64, 65 years old with so much experience, he saved the whole
0: plane. Wow. He really did. And it, whatever, I was like, can
1: I buy you anything?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and it was, uh, pretty cool. So you guys all then, in turn, got back on another freaking plane yes. to go to now Venezuela and yes. then another plane to go to Trinidad and Tobago to fight. Yes. Yes. Do you have balls? No, I was
1: stupid. <laughs> I was stupid.
0: I should have done this thing. I should have gone
1: <laughs> home. I should have gotten a bus from Miami or stayed in Miami for a few but you days. You know what though, if
0: you did that, you wouldn't have you would all obviously always had a story. Right. right but it right. wouldn't have been the story that you're telling right now, which is don't fucking so, let a near death experience yeah, no. <laughs> change your life. Change your life now. Yeah, change your life now. And so, and
1: so what happened? I get on the plane, we get there and we competed And I obviously didn't win. I mean, I'm already going in there with stitches and stuff like that. But I didn't get damaged. I didn't get injured or anything like that. I was just like, I'm glad it's over. When we going home it was like when you you know when you go in for those tournaments it's like you're, you're in your tournament you, you stay one more night and then you're on a plane the next day right. so I was on all this air travel and we were all had PTSD and nobody knew what the hell PTSD no. was nope and they told the Pm flight ahead of time that these these people are coming on these kids and these co- these team members they these just told this crazy thing then everyone knew because it was on the news and you know the stewardesses that they were the, the, the flight, flight attendant attendance. flight attendants <laughs> <laughs> that they were used to you know working with and they, they were pretty messed up so everyone knew got back to Boston and that was it was
0: um it was really tough right it was a really tough tough so when you came home what was that like for you when I was Did home, you just push it down and act like, yeah, fuck it, it I, didn't, I just didn't and, get almost, di- you know, died.
1: I just was all, It was either two things. I'm never going to fly again, which that's impossible because of the kind of person I am. I have to be able to travel. I have to be able to do things. And I always knew that I was going to be doing some great work with people and yes. helping people and in business and all the things that I wanted to do. And I knew air travel was a must. Right. right? So I had to get through it. And I would just, like you said, I would, I would white knuckle it. I'd be like, okay, I just got to white knuckle it or I'll go in early, have like five drinks and then... And have my meeting the next day. Or whatever I had to do to kind of cope. Not a good way to cope. Right. Not a good way to cope. So then I started going down. And that wasn't working. And then, you know, I was always a martial artist. But then I really started going deep into the meditation and learning things Um about the, what I experienced. The, Tony the,
0: Robbins helped you a lot too. Tony Robbins
1: helped me tons. I was on his fire team. I was working with him, which was incredible. He was really a great coach when it came to that. And I worked out a lot of the things that I needed to work out. Right. And, and, and he was it was it was awesome that I was able to break through with that. Um, and at that point in time, then after I worked with him, it was like, oh my god. I absolutely love to fly. Yeah. So he turned it around, and it was almost like it was like, how much pain were you in, right? How much pain were you in? And how much pain will you be in if you can't be an effective person? And you're going to sit around, you're 22 years old, you're 25 years old, you're 28 years old, I'm never going to get on an airplane? Come on. No way. Not, Not for the States, life that we actually, want to
0: you know? live no, and no, that we do no, live. And
1: we do live. And now I fly all over in the world, and it is awesome. And You're my fun. plane buddy. But I appreciate Everything you know, not just getting on planes, but you really appreciate life because it could be over like that, yeah, it could be anything like that. but yeah.
0: don't you think that so many people just live their life like they're always going to be here and nothing's going to change and you can literally your whole life can be taken from you in seconds
1: most people do and most people do, and I think it so you know I learned through the whole experience through the meditation is focus on um, what you do want instead of what you don't want in other words. You know, I'm afraid of a plane. No, what happens if I don't get on the plane? Am right. I going to be able to go to this place? Am I going to be able to meet this person? Am I going to be able to influence these people, whether it's a spiritual journey like we went on, you know, to uh, your retreat when we just did the big retreat in California mm-hmm. or whatever. I wouldn't be able to go with you. I wouldn't be able to be able to do all these things. So.
0: And you help me with my flying stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just like, damn, I hate this Now so much. I get it. I love it, right? So now I'm like, now I hate
1: freaking driving. I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> in Boston. I'm like, what are we worried about? I go, are you shitting me? Air the dri- flight is the, actually. The drive into this damn freaking city <laughs> airport. Yeah, oh my is God. a lot more dangerous Absolutely. than the flight we're going to take. So 110%.
0: Yes, cool. Mr. Ed Sullivan. I almost never interrupt, but oh, I, I, love I think, it. think there's a question everybody out
1: there wants yes. the answer to, mm-hmm. and I feel an obligation to. Please, ask Please, I love this. Awesome, Ed. Did you get a settlement from the airline? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. People want to know. Yeah. Absolutely. Know. You don't uh, have to say the amount. Yes, but. absolutely. And it was kind of it was kind of odd to get a settlement too, because if it was if it was um, a plane that was going to California and the same thing happened, you would get nothing. Because they would consider it act of God. There was nothing wrong with the plane. There was nothing wrong with uh, it. Was no pilot error, wow. right? So, you, so you would get all jacked up. Inter- you would get nothing. International rules. International oh, law shit. at I didn't the even time know that. said, "Oh, you guys are going overseas. There was a certain amount of money that was protected on oh. every." They call it soul. On board, I don't want to be called soul on the plane. No, because you can you, call me soul now. they use, I don't want to be called a, a soul. What do you mean? Yeah. Where am I going? I'm not ready to fly you, out this body. Usually right that's reserved for lost souls at sea or yes. something. Yes, you, know, you don't want to Why be that. You don't want to be that. You almost right? were though. Yeah, and back then they would say, you know, they'd have the uh, what do you call it? The uh, manifesto of all of the people mm-hmm. on. 280 souls on board. I'm like, dude, I never want to hear that again. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that's so crazy. And no. you know
0: what's so funny, Mr. Ed Sullivan? I never asked him about the settlement thing no no i don't yeah. know why i never asked no, because it
1: because know- you're a better person <laughs> oh no, <right? laughs>
0: no never never so, i i think a lot of people out there who are listening yeah. want to know like did you get any compensation for this yeah yeah, yeah. no
1: we did get compensation but it took like a year and a half by the time you sorted it out you had to they weren't giving it out you had to get a lawyer and you had a-
0: at the time you were on billy blanks Karate team, yes. Who in, who was the inventor of Taibo? Who's yeah. a good friend oh, of yours? God, yeah. and but his teacher. family it was my teacher. Yeah. Was on the plane with you.
1: Yeah. So he was on. A, he was actually at another tournament because he was under um, obligation through. Uh, I forget some what some kind te- of contract. He was under a team. He was fighting in the uh, the Bahamas or yes. that, somewhere like that. I can't remember. And his wife, daughter. And son were all on the plane. With you? We, with me. And we became very, very close at that time. I mean, it was, you know, um, those were his two babies with his wife. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rest of us. It was kind of so kinda, amazing. Kinda great. He could have lost his whole family right. like that,
0: you know? What's your biggest advice, you think, from people out there who listen to this story? And obviously, I'm sure that they're listening to this going, like, oh, my God, this is so jarring. But what is your biggest advice for... St- Having someone not have to go through a near-death experience, because mm. not everyone's going to have, I don't want to say the chance, because no one wants to go through this, but no one, right. not everyone who listens to this is going to have a near-death experience that is going to wake them up right. and, and it,
1: propel them forward. And it took me time, too, because I, when I was young, and but then I said, you know something, I was spared for a reason,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what can I do with this purpose? Absolutely. And when I talk to my company now, like, you know, at Regional Home Care, or, or I'm t- I was speaking, and it's like, guys, everyone's going to die. What are you going to do between now and then? So fear is in the middle. And fear is keeping you from whatever is on the other side of your greatness. So if you're fearful of taking action, what the hell do you care? You're going to die anyway. So right. push and do it, right? And fear is something that you have to overcome. And we always talk about this. It's always the good stuff on, at the end of fear. Yes. It's the way it is. It's like almost you have to pay the what? The toll. To be able to get to the other side of what you want, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, whether it's in taking a chance, whatever the case may be, it's that it's the dues
0: at the door
1: to the one percent, the one percent of happiness, one percent of whatever it is. Right, you gotta break through the fear, and guess what? You're gonna die anyway, and you're gonna have to do it. You know, And, and I think if you can do that. You'll have a magnificent life. But so many people are talking about willy-nilly, right. but I'm saying if something's here and you're afraid, well, I may not look good, or I may not win, or I may lose a little bit of money, you're not taking a chance. You're Absolutely. not living and you are gonna die, and that's gonna be a regret. Yeah. Totally. We always talk about, you know, I have
0: a death I've had a death fear like most of my life. That's been like one of my fears is like, What how am I gonna die? And where am I gonna die? And like, ugh, all this shit. Now it's like I don't care anymore because I know that it's inevitable. So why am I going to take up space in my mind thinking about something that's, it's going to happen regardless, just live my best life, whatever that means to me. Right. Because, you know, we're all here just walking each other home. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. It's pretty true. Pretty much. Indeed. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for having. Even though I've heard it three million now. fucking times, but um, <laughs> I never heard the thing about the about the money situation. Yes, you know, I'm like, all where's all that them. money? Why don't? Am I not getting a piece I, of that? I figured, <laughs> Katie. I figured that's why you married him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. It's oh. like Anna, 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 <laughs> Anna Nicole. This, this is <laughs> <laughs> You're like J. Howard Marshall, man. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> not quite thank god you know this is really um an awesome story and thank you so much for sharing it out there with all of our ambitious ladies and gentlemen Ah, you're very welcome i appreciate it and it's brave you know thank you to all of you for being crusaders to this ambitious movement and like i always say see you next tuesday Ow! good job man